Covered podcast, our first spring edition of Kasia Covers podcast, uh, brought to you by Capital Federal, our, our sponsor for our, our Kasia Covered website and, and everything that we do here. And special thanks to those guys over there. And uh, we've wrapped up all the winter sports. Uh, I think our last podcast, we got through all of the state basketball. We've had all of our all state basketball honors come out. Congratulations to all the all the student athletes that earned all class and all state honors from from Keisha Covered and whatever other entity was choosing all state teams this year. And now we're going to turn our attention to spring sports, which uh, we're we're already well into them. Uh, you know, they've been going on for a couple weeks now, and and uh, we've got all our spring features out, athletes to watch, spring previews for. Each of the seven sports, I believe it is, for the spring, uh, it just seemed like there was one after another after another that we were previewing and a lot of good content uh, on our website to check out uh, previewing the spring season. And we'll start with kind of the, the heavy hitter in the spring. Uh, it's always the, the closing state meet of the year, the state track. And, uh, you know, we're only a few weeks in, but boy, we've had some impressive uh, performances so far this season. And Scott, I'll, I'll start with you because, uh, you know, we, you had a guy from your area, Wichita Trinity Academy, Clay Shively, who, uh, you know, even in the off season, he was making headlines, uh, ran one of the best all-time miles in state history. And uh, he's picked it up at, at the start of the track season already with an impressive showing uh, at the Shawnee Mission South Relays last week. Yeah, uh, Clay created a big buzz uh, running an 850-75 in the 3200, and that's the, the second fastest all-time in Kansas history. And, uh, of course, Clay's coming off a, a state championship. He won the individual title in the 3A cross-country meet at Rimrock uh, last October and and uh, uh, just used that momentum from the from the fall season and took it into the off-season, had some great performances during the winter, uh, really turned some heads and, and made some headlines uh, in Kansas, at, at, in January at the Arkansas Invitational, he ran uh, ran an indoor mile there and actually broke Jim Ryan's 58-year-old state record uh, in the indoor mile down there. Ran a 404.95, and and Ryan, of course, is the Olympian. They ran at the University of Kansas, and and uh, Ryan's record was 407.20. So he not not just broke it; he 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 popped a couple seconds off of it. So. Uh, Clay did some some off-season running at, at the Arkansas Invitational, ran at the Milrose Games in New York City. And uh, I, I guess, and, and Brent, I'll just I'll throw this back to you because you kind of followed the, the 3A state meet and his rec- his races with the, with Southeast of Saline's Dylan Sprecher last year. I, I think the progress that, that uh, Clay has made just in 10 months has just been astounding. And I know he's he's got some great training, uh, you know, with his coach, Eric Carroll and, and Randy Maharis. Uh, you know, it's obviously he's he's obviously taken things to a new level. But but you know, just think back, Brent, if you could kind of share a little bit, just you know, maybe back to back to May when you saw him run. You know, th- this was a kid who didn't win three A titles at the state at the state meet because he was running against another force and it's just kind of taken it to another level. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you go back to that state meet and Dylan Sparker of Southeast Lean. I think that just speaks volumes to to how good that kid was when he was healthy because. You know, he, uh, you know, he really went out, Sprecher did last year and, and kind of, you know, just dominated those races. I, you know, um, Shively was on his heels for quite a while, but 
you know, Sprecher ends up beating him by two seconds for the 1600 title last year. And, and you know, that's, that doesn't seem like a lot, but in that race, that that's quite a bit. And, and that means that, you know, Clay was there, but he wasn't really right there. And Dylan just went out and, and you know, just dominated that race. And then in the, uh, in the 800, they raced against each other in that as well. And, and Dylan beat him by two and a half seconds in that race as well. And so, um, you know, I think, that probably was a big thing for Clay going into the offseason is, hey, here's Dylan Sprecher. He's the standard in 3A. He's leaving. I want to be that guy. I want to be the one that everybody's chasing. And, and you know, I, one, of the, one of the great pictures I took at, at cross country, uh, not this past season, but the, a year ago, was Clay running, running down towards the finish. You just saw this this look of determination and and it was almost like anger pain grit everything all all bottled up in his face at once and I think he's just really attacked this season you know kind of hey I want to not just be the guy in 3A I think you attacked it looking at I want to be the guy in the state that everybody's talking about and and he's really really just taking things to another level and sometimes you know you need to be pushed like he was um with Dylan Sprecher uh, in both cross country and in and in track last year, and uh, you know Dylan set the bar, and Clay says, "Okay, that's the bar I'm going to hit." And he's he's not only hit it; he's 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 setting the bar himself. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think the the contrast, you know, you talk about that anguish that was on his face last year. It, it the video is out there. Uh, basically, it was it followed uh, Shively's race at the Shawnee Mission South Relays, kind of. You get kind of the lane eight view of, of Clay running, and and he, the the effortlessness of that run is is really apparent. I mean, uh, I think he ran a fifty seven uh, final quarter in that race, and and you could just see when he hits the bell lap, he blows by eight guys, you know, that he lapped in that race, just like they're standing still. I mean, that he is obviously running at a at a different level than he ever, well, certainly than he ever has before, and and. Uh, uh, you know, that now he's run that he's posted that time of 850 75, which again was the second fastest in Kansas history. Uh, the fastest was a converted time actually by Shawnee Mission South's Brent Stein, uh, Steiner uh, back in 1979. And that that so that standard of 843 59 is is uh, it's still a little ways out there, but Shively took a big bite out of, uh, of cutting that deficit uh, at the Shawnee Mission South relays. Ironically, uh, you know, Steiner's alma mater, so uh. You know, just a, a great run, and and that eight fifty seventy five is is the you know not just the the fastest in Kansas this season or the fastest non converted time. It's the fastest in the nation. So, uh, you know, we're talking about a kid who was a runner up in three A last year, now setting the the standard uh, for high school runners across the and and uh, just just an impressive impressive performance. I you know to me he's kind of the he he is really taking the 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 spotlight as the, the story of, of Kansas high school track so far, um, so far this year. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, if, even if you look at, at some of the runners in his, in his class, uh, Wyatt Houghton of, of Shawnee Mission East, Michael Blanker, Shawnee Mission North, uh, CJ Meyer from down there at Wichita Collegiate, you know, those guys kind of made their noise early in their careers. Blomker was a, a kid who was, as a freshman, a, a state runner-up in cross country. You know, Wyatt last year wins two uh, two events in Class 6A. You know, Meyer's been a, a name out there for a while in, in 3A. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Shively maybe was a little bit overlooked uh, earlier in his career 
with this group of strong senior runners in the distance. Henry Bourne uh, from Shawnee Mission Northwest, you know, he's got the the legacy of of you know having an older sister was one of the great all time uh, distance runners in the state. So you know he's he's probably run with a chip on his shoulder for quite a while, and and this year, boy, he's just letting the chips fall where uh, <laughs> where they're falling, and and he's just like you said, running effortless, running free, and it's going to be fun to watch him the rest of the season. And I can't wait to get to the state track meet already just to see what he can do with the records in class three, a, uh, this year, I, I'm sure, you know, that's going to be a big thing. Kind of like watching Tanner Newkirk last year when he went out and just obliterated the class four, a state records in the, in the 3,200 and the 1600. I think we're looking at a, at a, another one of those kind of performances. And, and those are always awesome to watch just those guys, especially those distance ones where, I mean, I, I would never want to run a 3,200. <laughs> uh, you know, we always had the two mile as, as one of our things we had to hit under a certain time for football conditioning and you couldn't practice until you hit it. And I made sure I got that one out of the way first. So I didn't have to run it more than once. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun watching clay and, you know, staying on the distance discourse here, uh, you know, you get to see some of the best in the state uh, tonight when you're out at uh, the Wichita State Shocker Pre-State Classic. Um, you know, you got Chesney Peterson of Stanton County, one of the all-time greats, Caitlin Roop, one of the up-and-coming potential to be all-time greats, and Haley Trotter of Clearwater, an outstanding distance runner. Those three are going to go head-to-head down there tonight, Scott, and you're going to be out there to catch it. That's got to be something you're really looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. You're, it, we're taping this on Thursday, April 6th, and it's the first of the, the two-day Shocker Pre-State meet, which is it, it's uh, you know it's kind of a unique meet in that it brings in a lot of top competitors from across the state, and it kind of offers a grand state feel. Uh, you know, it, when, when we get the state meet, these kids are competing against each, you know, they're, they're in their respective classes. Well, now you get some of the best in each class uh uh, going head to head, and and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Peterson and and Trotter and Roop, and and right there you've got three uh, reigning cha- reigning individual cross country champions in their respective classes, and that they're going to be running in the sixteen hundred, uh, you know, at Cessna Stadium tonight. And Peterson is this probably you know she's uh, you know, on her way to Tennessee, one of the, just one of the, the premier runners that that Kansas has has, has produced and and uh, you know she's run a 454 in that 1600 she ran that at state last year ran that at one other time uh, I think at the lake and meet last year so she's the one who's cracked five minutes so far in this event and and she's just outside an all-time top 10 uh, mark uh, you know I think she if she can chop a little over a second she'll she'll climb into that upper echelon of, of all-time state runners in 1600 and and then you've got Roop who's who's knocking on the door of cracking that five-minute barrier and and uh, really just had a dominant uh, cross-country season um, last fall and and so I'm kind of you know that iron sharpens iron thing I, I really feel like that might be on display the weather's really nice here in Wichita today I'm, I'm hoping for a great evening and and uh, you know a chance for for, for Peterson, the Tennessee signee, and, and Roop, the up-and-coming sophomore, and Trotter, who's on her way to Nebraska, uh, a good distance runner herself. Those three are going going to be in that elite. The, what they do at the, the Shocker Pre-State meet, they, they have a 1-3-8 through three a division, a 4-6-8 through six a division, and they have an elite uh, race, and, and that's where that's where these runners will fall. And, and uh, Eudora's Hannah Keltner will be in, in that race again. She helped Eudora win the, the state cross-country title. Uh, in the fall circles, Brett Jacobson is another good young runner in the state. She'll be in in that race. So 
you're going to get some of the best uh, going at it, uh, you know, for about five minutes, you know, five or six minutes here uh, this evening in Cessna Stadium. And, and uh, you know, really looking forward to that one. And then uh, you know, the two-day meet also starts with some of the field events, the javelins going on tonight. And, and uh, you know, some of the, the, the best to ever do it in Kansas. And, you know, Andale's McKenzie Fairchild and, and uh, Riley Marks on the boys' side will be there. Uh, Fairchild threw 169-4 in the javelin last year. That was the, the nation's best uh, for high school girls in 2022. And and Marks has thrown 209-9 in the javelin, and that's that got him into the t- in, into the top 20 of, of all-time state, uh, or at least in the new javelin era, uh, the top 20 there. So uh, just you know, if you're you're in Wichita, you want to see some good track. It's it's the next two days uh, at Cesta Stadium is going to produce a lot of, uh, of athletes that you're going to see later on in May at the state meet and, and uh, should offer a good preview. Yeah. And then next week uh, in, in Mac's backyard will be the, the KU relays uh, returns. Uh, you know, it's always been one of the more prestigious high school uh, track meets in, in the state, bringing in kids, not just from Kansas. Usually you get the elite from Kansas, but you know, we're talking kids from Missouri and, and a lot of surrounding states that come to that. And, and you know, the with COVID, they, they did away with the, the relays for a few years, but it's back. And I believe it might be the 100th year this year of the KU relays. And so that'll be another good meet to check out next uh, next Thursday, Friday, Saturday in, in, uh, in Lawrence out at Rock Chalk Park. And, and uh, Mac uh, up at Shawnee Mission South relays, you know, Scott said, we talked about Clay Shively, but there were some other great performances up at that meet. Uh, really, uh, really some fun ones to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of the other ones, uh, you know, uh, 1600 meter uh, Parker uh, Whaleon from Gardner Edgerton uh, got the the top time out there, and it's it's uh, currently sitting as uh, the top time uh, in the state right now, and. Uh, you know, a lot of the names you already hit are the ones, uh, you know, chasing him down. Henry Bourne's number two right now. Uh, the, uh, Parker finished with uh, 4.15.72 in that race. Uh, Bourne uh, was at a different uh, meet where uh, I think on March 25th he had been the leader uh, with his 4.18.23. So uh, just a lot of a lot of fast times, a, a lot of uh, really good stuff that was, was happening out there. Um, uh, another, you know, interesting one was the, uh, the four by 800, uh, relay Shawnee mission East, uh, ends up getting the top time for that one, but, uh, also not a lot of the, uh, top times for, uh, Wyatt Houghton, uh, going into the races yet. So, uh, I assume that four by 800 is just going to be, uh, absolutely amazing when he's out there and, and, and looking at, you know, uh, you know, talking about iron sharpening iron, uh, it'll be interesting to see when Wyatt Houghton's going full speed and in about a month, they'll have the Shawnee mission North, uh, relays that, uh, will end up having Wyatt Houghton and, and Clay Shively from, from, uh, Wichita Trinity, uh, those two, especially in the mile, uh, they were talking about that at cross country. So they had just finished and one clay was not happy that he got the hotter race during the day. So Wyatt got the faster time. Uh, and he, he also, they, they were already looking ahead to, can these two break that four minute mile 
and they're you know uh, really excited to to be able to to, to fl- face off uh, against each other uh, down the way. So uh, it was a little sad that we didn't get to see more of those two going at it at Shawnee Mission South Relays. That would have been great, but uh, I think they're saving it. They're saving it for a show here in about a month. So that'll be uh, pretty exciting. Uh, some other ones, not just from that meet, but some other ones from my area. Uh, Jordan Allen, uh, Olathe South, uh, he set his PR in the discus, uh, at 189 feet, five inches, uh, during the Blue Valley Northwest spring classic back on March 31st. And his previous PR was 180, uh, feet, 10 inches. He threw that in about the middle of last season. Uh, he was up close to that during the, the postseason. I think his state was, uh, was about 172. So, I mean, he can get up there, but I mean, to start out the year at 189, he's 30 feet ahead of the next closest 6A competitor, uh, which is Aiden Baymeyer of Blue Valley Northwest. Uh, and then I think the next best throw in the state is Lyndon's uh, Caden Massey at about 174. So, uh, Jordan Allen just coming out of the gate already. Uh, putting up some amazing marks and he's also I think third in the state in the shot put right now and it's just by uh, maybe uh, less than two inches uh, that uh, the next two guys are ahead of him uh, Lansing's uh, Jamal Williams and Osage City's Landon Boss so Allen's already uh, getting a hot start and should be exciting to uh, see if he can keep pushing that number up uh, as we start getting into the season um, another interesting one early on, Olathe West Jr., uh, Bree Newport. She is the top 800 meter time in the state right now at 216.69. And uh, she was one that uh, finished, uh, I think, ninth in the 800 in, in 6A last year, uh, which coincidentally is also a finish in XC State, which uh, a little bit different when you get uh, ninth at cross country state, but she's having a, a great year. She's just a junior and part of that Olathe West team that just has uh, those killer long distance runners and uh, Karis Robinson, her uh, senior teammate, not too far behind her. So it'll be interesting that you, if you need iron to sharpen iron, it's great to have uh, that many top runners that are in the same uh, cross country group. So they're just going to keep pushing each other and it'll be interesting to see her uh, if she can keep pushing that time up because uh it's i think seven seconds uh faster than her best time last year and you know but those times will get much lower than that as you're getting closer to state so uh it'll be interesting to see if she can uh stay in that in that area and 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 stay ahead of the field um shawnee mission northwest Paige mullen uh she's got the top time in the 1600 meter uh and that'll be another one that uh, she's just a couple seconds ahead of uh, Bree Newport. And then also, I think uh, Caitlin Rupi is, I think, the second best time right now. And uh, another one that I don't expect the times to stay right there. They're going to keep pushing each other. And so uh, another race that will be very interesting to, to, to see where those times get going as we get further into this track season. Yeah, some other, other notable performances uh, to start the season. Osage City's uh, Landon Boss right now currently – Ranks top 10 in, in shot put, jab, and discus. He was a state 3A champion in the javelin last year, but came out and broke the school record in the shot put uh, earlier this year with a 54-10, which has him just three-quarters of an inch off the state lead held by Lansing's Jamal Williams. And then he's also thrown a 171-8 in the discus, which has him third in the state. So Landon Boss, one of the you know top 
three sport athletes this state has. He was all state in football, state in basketball, and now looks like it'd be a serious threat to win a triple crown in, in the state track this year. And, you know, just looking at the honor roll, Scott, I think what I find a little interesting is, you know, when you look at the boys at 100 in the state, it's usually dominated by guys from 6A, 5A schools, you know, out there just blazing the trail. And right now, the top is dominated by the small school guys from down in the Wichita area. Moundridge is Caden Elmore, who was a, a state champion last year, I believe, in the 400. Uh, he has a top time in the state with a 1076. Then Jaden Mitchell of Wichita Collegiate and, and Harrison Brunk of Inman both have 10 eights. And then Isaiah Bates has a hand time of 10.3. So it's these small school guys really coming out and blazing the trail early in the, in the hundred, which that's something rare. We don't usually see. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Elmore helped, of course, Mound Ridge win a, the boys team title last year. And, and I uh, know coach Brian Holloway, you know, said, I kept hearing about this, uh, this kid in, in youth, youth sports and in middle school running and, and, uh, you know, he finally got his hands on Elmore last year, and Elmore had—I I don't know. There, there aren't many freshmen that win a 400, a state 400, and and he did that last year. It was right up there in the hundred as well. And and uh, you know, with Landon Kaufman, uh, one of the basketball standouts there, uh, they've they've got a you know a handful of, of really good sprinters there. Uh, Elmore, of course, like you said, has the, the state's fastest at 10:76. Uh, Mitchell, Jaden Mitchell at Wichita Collegiate. Uh, you know, he he tied Jordy Nelson's uh, 3A meet record last year when he won the 100. And and that he really – he had a back injury last year that kind of limited what he could do. I think he only ran the 100 in, in three meets last year. So he's getting his first full season – or, you know, getting a full season of, of running the 100 now. And, and I think he ran that 10-8 out at Andale. And, and so, you know, they're going to be good athletes at that meet. And, and uh, uh, it'll be real curious to see what Jaden can do if he can keep chopping that down, you know, now that he's back and healthy and and uh uh then Harrison Bronk obviously a really good multi-sport athlete at Inman uh, you know Inman and Mount Ridge that that heart of America meet uh you know that's that that's what I'm thinking about, about putting on the calendar just because uh you know with Inman and Mount Ridge alone you're looking at some really great athletes and in, in you know out on the track and and right now they're they're kind of setting the bar here in, in, in the state and and uh, so, yeah, those are all names that are, you know, they, they've been around, they're experienced. And, you know, even though Elmore's just, I think, just a sophomore, uh, you know, he, he's already got that state experience under his belt. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, if those guys can, can continue to hold that uh, for the smaller schools. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just some other noteworthy performances. Uh, Anna, Anna Collins from Hutchinson, uh, two-time state champion at well, Wellington last year, moves to Hutchinson this year. She's a state leader in the 100 hurdles and ran the 12th best time all time in state history with 14.17, which has her atop the uh, the 100 hurdles uh, rankings so far this year. And and uh, you met, Mac mentioned Caden Massey, Linden uh, coming out with a 174 in the discus. I did a little story on him. The interesting thing about him, you know, his mother Dawn was a three-time state discus champion at Beloit when she was in high school. And now he's kind of picking up the uh, the family tradition here and, and looks to be a threat in two-way. And, you know, Lyndon also plays eight-player football. And Caden is a, a big-time Division One football recruit. Uh, he's got nine Division One offers right now, KUK State uh, and some other schools around the area, Nebraska, Oklahoma. 
you know, so uh, it's kind of interesting story on him. I, I caught up with him this week and, and did a little feature that's on the Keisha Covered, Covered website right now. So check that out uh, to find out a little bit about Caden Massey of Linden. And we'll uh, move away from the track and, and move into some other sports and, and uh, you know, some other things that have kind of caught my eye. And Scott, we'll start with you again, was, uh, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of golf so far this season, but we've seen some pretty impressive performances both in your area and up in the Kansas City area. And we'll start with you, Scott, with that Bishop Carroll Invitational where, you know, Sacred Heart, they're the umpteenth time reigning champion in Class 2A. <laughs> they go down to that tournament, and I think they take fourth as a team. And that just tells you how deep that tournament always is. And and there were some great scores. Two, uh, two of Sacred Heart's kids shot their career best scores. And, uh, and they weren't even close to challenging because uh, you had a derby kid really run away with things down there. Yeah, you know, that, that tournament was Monday out at Rolling Hills, which is a really nice, nice classical golf course. It's host, you know, a really nice host of the U.S. Women's Open decades ago. It's, it's a really good test, and, and uh, they just tore it up. I mean, it was uh, Monday down here in Wichita. It was just Chamber of Commerce weather. It was perfect. It was, you know, sun was shining. There was hardly any wind. And, and uh, Derby's, uh, Derby junior Jaden Carruthers uh, shoots a nine under par uh, 63 to win that. Uh, by four shots over Cape of Mount Carmel's Asher Whitaker, who's an outstanding golfer in his own right. Uh, you know, Carruthers, it, it wasn't really out of the blue because Carruthers won a regional title last year and helped Derby get to the state tournament. And uh, but but yeah, 63 is 63. I mean, that is uh, that that's just an outstanding score. And I think that's kind of what's surprising me about the high school golf these days is is that. You know, it used to, you, you'd look at tournament results and you'd expect, a, you know, an even par, maybe a one over, or two over to win medalist honors. Well, uh, you know, right now down here in the Wichita area anyway, that's just not happening. You better be, you better be, you know, in the red, you know, at least shooting a 70 or below to, to uh, on a lot of days to think about winning a, a high school golf tournament. And, and Carruthers shoots 63, uh, Whitaker shoots 67. Uh, Bishop Carroll's Noah Holtzman, who's going to KU, he shot a 69 and finished third. So uh, just some outstanding scores. And then Cape and, you know, the, the two-time reigning state champions in, in 5A boys, uh, they post a 285 team score that day at Rolling Hills, which is three under par for a four-man score. So, uh, you know, that would have wowed me. Although, I, you know, like you said, the Kansas City area, I saw Latham West, uh, you know, one of the top finishers in 6A last year, shot a 281. So there are just some outstanding scores going on right now. You know, Holtzman, uh, who I mentioned, uh, also won the Andover Invitational. Andover played its tournament up at Newton Sand Creek, and, and Holtzman shot a 567 last week to win that. Uh, you know, Hutchinson's Ty Atkins, who's, who's going to Wichita State, a senior there at, for the Salthawks. He shot a two under sixty eight up at Salina Municipal to win win a tournament up there last week. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm just glad I played high school golf. You know, a hundred years ago when we shoot those scores to 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 win a medal, you goes because right now these guys who are playing, you know, they're playing through the summer and they're playing a lot of junior golf and uh, in other you know in other areas. They get to this high school thing and they get a nice weather day and and they are just blistering it. And uh, you know, so hats off to Carruthers shooting that sixty three. That's an outstanding score. I think. Uh, you know, Sam Stevens from Cape, and I, I know he shot a 63 uh, in high school golf a few years ago, and, and Sam only finished second in the PGA Tour event last week. So that shows you what, what, what scores like that, you know, maybe have the, the potential to lead to someday. But, but I don't want to put that pressure on, on Jaden, but, but that's, just, that's still an outstanding score, and, and congratulations to him. 
Yeah, and Mac, uh, you know, Scott mentioned Olathe West with a 281. Just looking at the results of that tournament, there were six teams under 300 at that tournament. So they kind of had to go out and shoot that 281 if they were going to win it. Yeah, you look at the the numbers and, you know, we're talking to be a medalist. Well, if you shot a 76, uh, you weren't in the top 28. Uh, so, uh, they didn't have, uh, uh, the, the top end numbers where they're getting down to that 63, but, uh, uh, four guys under 70, you get Carson Baker of blue Valley West gets a 67 to, to win it. And then, uh, Elliot, uh, Cowden, uh, I'm not good with math. I'm going to figure out he's either a sophomore or a freshman, but he's young and he gets a 68, uh, add into an already really talented Shawnee mission East group. So they come in second with the 287, but, uh, uh, reason Olay the West wins is uh, they have uh, so many guys right now uh, that are in that range. Uh, Miles Tarvin ends up being the top guy with a, a 69 ties for third with uh, James Ackerman and Blue Valley. But uh, you get past the the the, the top four. Uh, their top four guys were a 71 or below. Uh, their fifth guy, 72, tied for 12th place, which, once again, 12th place for 72 is just crazy. Uh, so that's a really loaded team. Uh, you know, their their sixth goal for Dante Nichols was at 75. So uh, it just and, – and, and that's it's, – it's a crazy number, but it's not like this was just one great day that they're not going to be able to replicate – uh, that's just a really talented group that consistently puts in uh, low numbers for them, and it's going to make it tough for teams like Shawnee Mission East and Blue Valley West, who are really, really talented, uh, to to try to keep up with that group. But uh, again, th- those groups are also uh, really good and have multiple golfers who, on any given day, can can get you uh, a really low number and get themselves into the, uh, that top five at the very least. So, uh, will be very interesting to to watch those three teams uh keep battling it out particularly uh you know sunflower league title uh Olathe west and shoddy mission east uh, facing off uh that might be a really tough one uh you might get to see one of those ones where uh a team comes in second uh or third in their league and uh ends up being able to to win a state title and because uh, i mean that's how close these teams are the second or best teams in either the sunflower league or even the EKL, uh, those are going to be teams that will still have a great shot of, of doing some damage at state. So excited to see these great performances already early in the year. All right. Yeah. And, and golf kind of just getting going. They, they, they w- tend to wait a little bit longer and try to avoid some of that cold weather. Uh, like you can't avoid the wind there. There's some, some of these scores have been shot in some nasty wind days and, and kudos to the guys for braving that. And we'll switch now from the, from the links to the diamond and and look a little bit at some of the top uh, baseball and softball performances to start the season and, and Ricky you were a, you got a story coming on Elkhart starting the season 4 and 0 and you know they're a team that I think a lot of people thought was going to win class 2-1A last year and they got knocked off but sounds like they're uh, they're on their way back to uh, maybe get a little redemption this year yeah, and they were they were gut absolutely gutted by that loss too. It was a really tough loss to Little River. I believe they took the lead heading into the seventh uh, and just couldn't hold on um, in the state quarterfinal last year. Um, that's motivate that talking to their coach David Ariana today. I mean, that's motivated everything they've done. They've 
they've printed out. I think he said their their motto their motto is three away because they thought they were three outs away from winning that game last year. But they they return a lot from that team. Um, you got to start with Cesar Gomez. Uh, he was the two one A player of the year last year. I think he hit over seven hundred. Um, is also a tremendous pitcher for them. Um, just a really really solid baseball player. And then their ace is back in Cage Ralston. Uh, you know, he was, uh, he was in conversation for the two, a one, a pitcher of the year. He was still a first team all state selection last year. So, uh, and then they got four other seniors that have all played sig- significant time. Um, Austin rich is their catcher. He's coming back from a, a serious knee injury. He, he suffered in football. He just got cleared this week, but, um, he's, a guy that gets under overshadowed a little bit by the other two, but he's a really, really outstanding player. I mean, they're just they're just loaded. Uh, I think you know, I think they're uh, hitting really well throughout the lineup. Last year, Gomez and and uh, Ralston kind of carried carried them uh, to a really good batting team batting average. This year, they're hitting it all throughout the lineup. So I really, I really expect uh, you know them to be. There at the end of the season, challenging for a two A one A title, um, and then you know other teams that are kind of good in my area. Uh, Sylvan Lucas is also off to a off to a four and zero start, and then on the I'll go ahead and touch a little bit on the softball side as well. Uh, really interested in seeing how the how things unfold in the Great West Activities Conference this year. I think I think that could be a really solid conference. Uh, right now, Holcomb Cimarron are four and zero, and Scott City is is two and zero, and they got one of the best best pitchers in the area, and Cheyenne Kramer. She had a really minuscule ERA last year. Uh, I think it was well over under one, um, and she's. I I think she'll really carry carry them to a really strong season. So yeah, um, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty solid year for uh, the baseball and uh, softball at the small school levels out here in Western Kansas. Yeah. Scott, you got to check out a couple returning state champions going head to head the other night in McPherson, which won class four a last year and Wichita collegiate, which won class three a and, uh, and, you know, that's a good early season matchup between two teams that really returned a lot from their title teams a year ago. Yeah. You know, I talked about the chamber of commerce weather day Monday, and that was the day they, those teams played here in Wichita and, and uh, so I'm still recovering from the sunburn from that day. But a uh, uh, really good doubleheader. McPherson, the, the reigning 4A champion, and, and Collegiate, the reigning 3A champion, uh, get together. Both are in the Arc Valley Chisholm Trail uh, League, but, but compete in separate divisions. So it was a non, you know, it's technically a non-league doubleheader and really a good, a good way for these teams to compete against a really good team, but also, uh, you know, really see what they have behind some of these, these talented players and, and, um, you know, what I noticed about McPherson, they get they got Jayton Gum, who was an outstanding running back on the football team. He missed baseball last year with a shoulder injury. Uh, so so while the you know, the Bullpups were winning their first state title and, and dogpiling on the field, you know, Jayton was sitting there, uh, you know, sitting there having to watch it all. And and uh, uh, in that opener in that opener on Monday against Collegiate, they win 10 to seven. He pitches four innings and, and then makes two outstanding defensive plays and and has a key some key hits and. And uh, so I think, you know, you've got a state championship team that has plugged this piece back into their lineup. And, and uh, you know, they're still, they're still trying to figure some things out. They've got some young arms filling in some relief, uh, relief roles. And uh, they're off to a three and two start. They dropped, a, they dropped their opener to, to, 
to uh, McPherson or to, I'm sorry to Bueller, who they play here uh, on Thursday night in a in a rematch. Uh, but still, a lot of weapons there you know, with Jared Myers. Hunter Alvord was an All Stater last year, and, and so McPherson does have a lot. They, they brought a lot back. That was a good looking team. They won they won that first game ten to seven against Collegiate, and then Collegiate uh, themselves has a lot back from from that. Uh, uh, the three A state championship team last year that lost just one game, uh, collegiate showed a little moxie in the nightcap. They were down five to three and came back and won that uh, won that game six to five. And uh, you know just they the, their stars kind of came to the forefront when when they needed it. Uh, their catcher Brady Hunt hit a solo home run to get the comeback started, and and then uh, junior Brett Weta uh, had a had a key uh, RBI hit to t- to tie the game and scored on a wild scored the winning run on a on a a wild pitch, and then they got good relief uh, work from Hayden Malays, who's who was a, a key part of that championship team a year ago. So uh, that was just a good. You saw, you know, I don't know if he, either either or both of these teams are going to repeat, but but certainly they both possess the weapons to to do so, and and uh, so it was it was a fun uh, you know fun evening to see two really good teams go at it, and then uh, you know taking Ricky's cue here and looking over to softball a little bit. You got the reigning 5A champion Valley Center that's off to a 4-0 start. Uh, they just they took two, well, they're taking four lopsided games actually, uh, sweeping Mays and, and Hayes in, in double headers, and uh, already got a perfect game from uh, Sakura Smith in one of those games against Mays, which is a really good team. Mays has some nice wins already, and and Valley Center, uh, you know, with Sakura shut them, she shut them down in a five inning perfect game. So. Uh, they look super strong again, and and I think a very worthy five uh, A contender again this year. And then and then Bishop Carroll, who 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 had the long winning streak that got snapped at state last year, they're a lot younger this year, but uh, they're off to a six and zero start. So so five A softball down in this area, you know, I know it's always good in the Topeka area, it's shaping up to be a really strong uh, uh, division again this year. And, and then uh, I guess uh, just another shout shout out to Andale Andale Garden Plain competes. Uh, uh, you know, in, in a consolidation for for softball, and and I think I read they they tied a state record the other day with a 22 run first inning and in a win over Andover. Uh, that you know, according to the Kansas Sports Hall of Fame, that that matched a state record set by Yates Center back in 1996. So so uh, you know, Andale they're not perfect this year. They, I think they lost a game, but but uh, another strong team, and they they play us one of the upstart teams. Uh, down here in Rose Hill next week, and and I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, Rose Hill's off to a six and zero start, and and uh, uh, I think Andale coming comes to their place next Thursday, and, and that should that should provide a pretty good test for the Rockets. So, uh, baseball and softball here in the Wichita area off to a, to a real good start. Yeah, up here in in my area, you know, starts with the uh, the Centennial League where Topeka High is the two time reigning state champion, but. Uh, it's going to be hard for them to uh, to repeat in Class Six A this year. They're already two and four. Uh, they got swept by Washburn Rural to start the season, and then got swept the other night by Manhattan. And and uh, you know, right now there's there's five you know six teams in the Centennial League, and Topeka High is two and four. With there's three teams in that league that are six and zero oh in junct or undefeated. So Junction City and Manhattan are both six and zero, oh and Washburn Rural. Is four and zero, so the top of the uh, the Centennial League looks really strong this year. We knew Manhattan would be pretty good. They were a solid team last year. Returned their ace and Kira Goose. Uh, Junction City is kind of the surprise team so far to start this season, being six and zero. They haven't really been pushed. They they won uh, 
four of their games by 12, 12 nothing or more, uh, and then have a couple tight, tighter tests with Salina Central. But, uh, you know, Junction City and Manhattan will play next next Tuesday the 11th, and so that'll be a good early season showdown between two undefeated teams there and and going down. You know, Wamigo was state champion two years ago in softball, got knocked off in the semifinals. They're starting out great. In fact, Peyton Hardenberger, their their stud freshman pitcher from a year ago, uh, no sophomore slump for her. Three starts this year, three no hitters. So that's a that's a way to start the season. And uh, she was dominating last year as a freshman, and it looks like she's even more so this year. So she's off to a, just an outstanding start for Wamigo. Uh, the Red Raiders have a just a great overall lineup. They're six and zero overall. And uh, and just really have, have gone out and take care of business. You know, they, they swept Rock Creek, which was a state tournament team last year, 16-0 and 15-7. And then the other night they swept Clay Center, which also made it to state last year, beat them 10-0 and 15-5. So Wamigo looks like, you know, they're on their way back to being in contention for the uh, for the state title this year with a little bit of hunger from, from not getting it done last year. And, and looking out um, from – Rest of my area for softball, you know, Mission Valley takes a tough blow. They were the defending state champions last year, and uh, their standout pitcher, Morgan Tomlinson, who was just a dominating force in the circle, uh, blew out her knee uh, early in the season this year, and she's done for the year, and that's just a huge blow. Anytime anytime a team loses its ace, it, it's, it's a tough thing, and and so that's a big, big thing that Mission Valley is going to have to try to overcome this year. So, you know, you feel bad for them, but uh, that program has, has always been deep. And uh, and I'm sure they'll still find a way to, to be in the hunt at the end. And I'm sure they've got somebody ready to step in and and uh, and take over. And then, you know, Class 3A, Rossville, Silver Lake, you know, two traditional teams, uh, always good. And, uh, you know, they're both undefeated this year and they'll face each other. Uh, coming up next Monday, uh, April 10th, uh, they'll they'll take on each other. I might have to swing out and catch the the war on 24 softball style. And moving over to baseball, um, you got uh, Santa Fe Trail. I did a little feature on them. They've they've started four and zero and have had two combined no hitters from from uh, their pitching staff to start the season and really got their bats going this year. So uh, Santa Fe Trail off to a really nice start. Uh, Seaman, no surprise, they're six and zero. Desoto, also in the United Kansas Conference, is six and zero. They don't play each other until the end of April, so that'll be interesting to watch those two teams as they kind of churn, churn towards each other. Um, and then you know, just some of the traditional powers, uh, Rock Rock Creek, they're they're out to an undefeated start. They're four and zero. Clay Center, they were in the state tournament last year. They're six and zero. Um, you know, an early surprise in Class 2-1A would be Central Heights. Uh, you know, they're off to a, to a 6-0 and start in that Flint Hills League. And, and uh, another team, Chase County, is 4-1. and And I just uh, – I was down, caught a little bit of Chase County the other night doing a story on our True Blue Athlete of the Week, Student Athlete of the Week, and Mitch Budkey. And uh, talk about a, a kid that's overcome something. Uh, he had a, a fireworks accident – uh, in December, in which he lost basically all the fingers off his left hand, uh, he, three of them completely gone, two of them still remain but are, aren't functional, and yet uh, and lost the vision in his left eye. But uh, you know, he just uh, we kind of talked, and he was just kind of matter of fact about it. He said, you know, yeah, it stinks, and I was down for a little bit, but 
you just got to play the cards you're dealt, roll with the punches, and keep going. And he's back out not only not only on the baseball team again, uh, but playing, play center field for him and bats. And, and the other night he went three for three. And, and uh, you know, I don't know how he does that swinging the bat. Basically, you know, the bat's resting on his left hand. He's powering through with his right hand, and somehow he's able to control it. So uh, just a truly phenomenal story of overcoming uh, overcoming adversity. And, uh, you know, he's got visions of, of wanting to still play college football. He, uh, he had committed uh, to Emporia State, signed with them, and, uh, and, and hopes to, you know, c- continue that uh, going forward. So uh, check out that story on Mitch Budke, our True Blue student, Captain True Blue Student Athlete of the Week. And, and then Mac, uh, you ha- you've seen, had some good baseball up in your area, as you typically do, the EKL always strong and, and uh, you know, the, the powers there are, are still the powers to be. Yeah. Uh, Blue Valley West, the, the reigning six, a champ uh, is that five and O start, which uh, pretty much uh, expected with uh, Austin young leading the way on the mound. Uh, he has over uh, five innings as uh, 11 strikeouts. And uh, just once you add in uh, the just, a full roster of players that can go up to the plate and, and get the job done. They're being led by uh, Zach Darsh. Uh, they're going to be a, a tough team once again. I think we kind of expected that. Uh, but uh, early on, uh, one of the standouts right now is Olathe South from uh, the Sunflower League going 6-0. and uh, Just early in the year uh, have, have done a great job. Uh, they have two seniors as their top pitchers right now and, and uh, Nick English and Jackson Noller, uh, or, or not, sorry, got the wrong ones there. Two juniors that are leading on the plate, uh, Gavin uh, Bachowski and, and Noah McCombs. Uh, right now, uh, McCombs is 3-0 on the mound. He has a 2.44 ERA uh, and 11 strikeouts through 14 innings. And uh, Bachowski has uh, just a 1-0 record, but uh, is also sporting a uh, perfect zero ERA uh, through 17 innings across three appearances. Uh, did that thanks to 25 strikeouts. So uh, on the mound, uh, those juniors are, are uh, just not allowing uh, other teams to, to get anything going. And then on the at the plate is the seniors, Nick English and, and Jackson Oler. Uh, English is leading him with the nine RBIs. And uh, Noller has a team high nine hits with a 600 batting average. Uh, through 15 at bats right now, and I assume that number might drop a little bit, but that's still pretty darn good. Uh, when you've gotten six games into the year, so uh, it it'll be interesting to to see if they can keep that uh going and 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 looking down to to Class 4A, got a couple teams in the Frontier League uh that are doing really well right now. Uh, Ottawa and Tonganoxi are off to four and zero starts, and uh, it it'll be interesting. Uh, I didn't find the 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 tournament bracket yet but both teams are going to be in the adam laroche tournament down in fort scott this weekend uh i didn't see a matchup between the two but uh it'll be interesting to see if uh either team can avoid uh adding a a loss uh into that call and keep that goose egg going because uh it'll be some tough teams that they're facing right there and then uh, I think it. I think they're about a month out. I think it's a maybe an early May matchup for those two uh, battling uh, in the Frontier League. So uh, 
you never know if they can keep undefeated going that far, but uh, those are definitely two uh, f- top contenders uh, in 4A this year. Really, really talented teams. And then just as a quick look in 3A, uh, Frontenac 3-0, and then down in 2-1A, uh, Uniontown is, is, is 4-0 right now. Um, on the softball side, uh, one of the teams – uh, with another hot start, Johnny Mission North uh, is uh, currently 4-0, uh, but I think the thing that really stands out right there is uh, a 36-4 run differential in those four games. Um, they are hot at the plate, and then uh, we know that uh, on the mound, uh, teams are in trouble if they see junior pitcher Kelsey Hoekstra uh, going up to the plate or going up to that because she's got four into career strikeouts. Just reached that on uh, March 28th in a 5-1 win over Shawnee Mission East. Uh, and just right now, I know that Shawnee, Shawnee Mission North uh, was a team that they were really excited going into uh, the postseason last year when they were uh, going to – they knew they were going to host state uh, for 6A. And, you know, they, they get that, uh, you know, early exit, don't make it. Uh, to state, uh, you got to imagine that was driving them uh, to get better all summer, and is going to keep driving them as they uh, go through uh, this season, and 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 just wanting to actually make it back there. And and they kept so much of that roster uh, that it'll be very interesting to to see how far they go. Uh, and another uh, couple of my teams in four A, uh, Eudora six and zero to start the year, and then down in two one A, we have uh, three. Uh, undefeated teams that are all in the same uh regional so uh uh that should be pretty interesting is uh Jayhawk Lynn and Uniontown are 6 and 0 and then Arma uh is is 4 and 0 right now and they started uh pretty great to, to to start last year and uh it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that uh rolling but uh that's what we've seen so far from from my area for baseball and softball in the early goings yeah. Also, you know, soccer and sw- girls swimming, girls soccer going on right now. And Mac, I'm going to stay with you because uh, obviously the soccer in the Kansas City area is is the kind of the the rule of the state right now. And and uh, you you've been out to to see some soccer this year. Uh, you know, the EKL always a great league, and and uh, boy, the powers there this year are really flexing their early muscle. Yeah, and uh, you know, first one I ended up getting to see was. Uh, going out to the Olathe Northwest uh, tournament this last weekend, and uh, that was one that uh, Blue Valley Southwest, uh, despite uh, great competition, uh, made it through that whole tournament, did not allow a single goal, and uh, ended up winning. I think I think all three games were 2-0. Uh, they, they just kept uh, rolling, and most of those goals uh, were from Hannah Palmer, uh, she has, I believe nine on the year so far. Uh, and then, uh, it, it was almost like they, she was trading off with Sadie Saint on who would get, uh, the, the goals, uh, in a, two, one win over Blue Valley Northwest on Tuesday. Uh, it was Saint that scored both the goals, but in that championship, uh, tourney win over Blue Valley, uh, Hannah Palmer was the one that scored uh, the two goals in a 2-0 win uh, over the Tigers. And then the game before that in the semifinals, uh, they were facing Olathe Northwest, which was a uh, state semifinal team last year. Uh, it, 
they end up getting the 2-0 win and they split the goals. Palmer got one, Saint got the other. So uh, those two uh, are, are leading a, a really talented team that, uh, you know, as much as you want to think, okay, they, they got a good chance in 5A, uh, we know that to get that, you're going to need to go through St. Thomas Aquinas. And uh, they are also undefeated uh, in the early going. And they're actually going to face off uh, a week from today and but before that and this is great you got you you circle that in the calendar you're like all right we got two of uh, potentially uh you know uh, state semifinal teams they got uh, top teams in 5a they're gonna face off thursday well who do they got to face on tuesday well blue valley southwest is gonna face bishop miege uh team that dominates uh 4a every year you got to face them uh aquinas is gonna face blue valley west state 6A state champion on Tuesday. So they're going to have to survive facing state champion teams before they end up getting to face each other. But uh, that doesn't matter. Even seeing Miege on the schedule, Hannah Palmer told me it's that Aquinas game. It's going up uh, against that group led by Sydney Watts and, and trying to see uh, what they, if they can keep up with them. Cause uh, you know, so far uh, just dominance from the saints, uh, it, it, Sydney Watts has six goals and five assists to, to lead the way so far this year. Maggie O'Keefe uh, has four goals and Brooklyn Marn has three goals and three assists. Uh, their, their goalie Maggie Payne has 23 saves uh, against just two goals uh, in the early goal going. So, Whoever wins that game, I mean, that, that, that'll be a major uh, confidence booster. And uh, again, it, it, potentially a matchup we might see late into the, the, the season as well. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, looking at uh, the 6A, uh, mentioned Blue Valley West. They're 4-0 in the early going. Uh, it, uh, fun one because this is their first year under new head coach uh, Kyle Conley, uh, former Lewisburg uh, coach. And uh, it it helps though when you take over a team that has as many returners as the Jaguars have. Uh, Lydia uh, Ungershik, uh, Addie Fries. Uh, right now, Kira Berman is uh, leading for team goals with with Ungershik. So uh, Zanish uh, Holt as the the goalie holding it down. So that's uh, a team right now that uh, looks like to be the front runner in in six A. Uh, and then going down to to four A, we talk about Miege. They're four and two. Uh, we know the record usually doesn't matter. Uh, it, they're going to face some really uh, tough teams in that EKL run, but uh, it, it, four and two with their only losses being Blue Valley West and Blue Valley. So uh, they're having a good start. But right now, uh, Atchison uh, is jumping off the page as a, a three and zero start. Uh, the, the main thing is 12 0 goal differential. Uh, so they have just dominated in that early going and, you know, th- that'll be a tough one is you, you see them go up against the, the metal arc teams and trying to figure out, all right, uh, how much do these wins matter, but they got some pretty good wins already to start off the year. So, uh, keep an eye on Atchison and four one a. Yeah. Scott down in your area, you have maybe one of the hottest goal scorers in the state down at, down at circle and, uh, Milan Hunter. Yeah, she's got the Thunderbirds off to a four and one start, and and uh, just blowing blowing things away with her numbers right now. She's got uh, through five games, twenty three goals and two assists, and uh, three five goal games, and and then two four goal four goal games, and and uh, one of those uh, one of those four goal games was in a in a five to four loss to May South, which uh, 
was the fourth place finisher last year, stayed and and in class five A and and uh, you know so uh, she's obviously off to a to a great start for them and they've got a good test against uh, last year's class four through one A runner up Bueller tonight I think so uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, she can continue that uh, that terror but uh, uh, yeah off to a great start there is is Mylon Hunter with uh, like I said twenty three goals through five games that's 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 just insane and and uh, you know I mentioned May South they're off to a 6-0 and start uh, they were one of the big or three tournaments in the Wichita area last week and May South won one of those up at McPherson uh, they they uh, I think defeated Valley Center two to one uh, got a, a goal from freshman Avery Fellows with about 30 seconds left to to win that and otherwise they they haven't really been tested but that was a that was a great test for them, and and uh, well, I guess another the circle would be the other one, the five to five to four game. So they've had a couple tests, but but just scoring at a high rate, uh, like they always seem to do in their in their other matches, and and uh, but have reached this point undefeated, and and then also Bishop Carroll uh, was another team that won a tournament last week. They won the Wichita South Titan Classic, uh, defeating uh, they defeated Derby and Mays in the first two rounds, and then down Wichita Northwest three three nil in the title game to to take that one. So uh, Carroll off to another good start this season. And then Andover, one of May South's uh, early victims in the season opener, uh, came back and, and won the Goddard Invitational last week. Uh, and it was the, the Trojans' second straight state title or second straight title in that tournament. Uh, they defeated Garden City 4 to nothing in that. So uh, so some teams here down here in the area off to, to, to good starts with those tournament victories and getting to see, uh, you know, some some – competition outside their divisions in a lot of cases and and then uh individually just a, a great season in the making uh, for circles Milan Hunter who I think is just a sophomore yeah up in the Topeka area you know Washburn Rural is the power that power that is and uh, they're off to a great start again this year not undefeated they lost to Blue Valley Southwest out of the EKL but that's their only loss so far uh, they'll have a good test tonight against Manhattan. Both rural and Manhattan were Final Four teams last year uh, playing tonight out at Washburn Rural, so that should be a good one. Though Manhattan's just two, two, and one so far this season. Uh, you know they they played a tough schedule, but they've lost to Seaman and lost to Blue Valley West and and tied Olathe North and Seaman off to a nice start. They're undefeated at four and zero. They'll play a Shawnee Heights team tonight that's three and one. Then Hayden's undefeated right now. They're 3-0-1. They've got a tie. And Carapervell uh, won the red division down at uh, down in down at one of the tournaments down there in the uh, in the case in the Titan Classic and in Wichita last week. So they they uh, they were down there for the first time, wanting to step up. And I guess they're going to get to go back and maybe play in the in the blue division next year against uh, against the better teams. But uh, for them, sophomore Zara Freese already has 12 goals and three assists, which would be pretty impressive if you didn't have the circle girl out there uh, <laughs> doubling those numbers. But uh, that's uh, those are some of the top uh, top performers in uh, in the Topeka area in soccer. And then you know swimming also uh, well underway, and and a lot of the the usual faces, uh, usual names uh, making noise early this year when you talk about. Uh, Bishop Carroll's Karis Renega, uh, Andover's Mari Griffin, and Free State's Brady Ward. But some surprises out there. Uh, Shawnee Mission Northwest Sophia Ellison has come out and really had a strong start to the season. Uh, she's got the top six eight times so far this year in, in the 200 free, and she's third in the 50 free. 
and um, the second in the 100 butterflies uh, and third in the 100 freestyle. So, you know, she's come out and really got off to a strong start. And then uh, the girl from Wichita Trinity, Scott, uh, Alicia Howard, has really, uh, really been very good to start the season. Yeah, there's a, a good feature story done last week by Joanna Chadwick, the former Wichita Eagle sports writer and who writes for Vibe down here and and uh, document, documented Howard's uh, uh, battle with Crohn's disease. She was diagnosed with that uh, as a sixth grader, was down to like 60 pounds and, and really struggling to keep food down and, and to keep her weight maintained. And, and uh, but uh, found a way to just get on top of it, had a, had a really good freshman year last year and and a good off season in last summer. And, and I know her coach was very excited uh, here in the preseason talking about her, her potential. And, and uh, you know, right now she's proven it. She, I think she's got the, the class five through one, a top times in the hundred butterfly and the hundred, uh, hundred freestyle right now. So uh, she's one of those down here. It, it's, this is kind of running parallel to what the, the boys swimming season uh, was for five, for class five through one a and, and, you know, Andover won the state title last year and, and uh, the, and had just an outstanding team. They've got that, that team is is dynamite again. That last week at the the Andover Central Invitational, they won seven of the twelve events. Uh, got double victories from Sophie Mandanis and Kirsten Elliott. And and uh, you know you mentioned Mary Griffin. She won the hundred backstroke in the, in that meet. So uh, the Trojans are loaded again this year, and and uh, uh, were really dominant in a meet that had some good had some really good individuals. And McPherson's Danica Brunk was there and. And she won the 50 freestyle and the 100 freestyle uh, and is off to another great start uh, this season. She's one of them that, that you got to look to at, at state. And then you mentioned uh, Renaga for Renega from uh, Bishop Carroll. Uh, she's all over the, the state honor roll right now and leads the state, not just in the 50 free, but the 500 free. So that shows the range of, of ability she's got right now. And, and uh, so some great, some great individual efforts here in the early part of the season, but, but yeah, we're just getting started down here. And, and, uh, but, uh, uh, those familiar names and then, uh, Alica Howard, you know, just a sophomore, she's, she's making waves at Wichita Trinity yeah. as well. That wraps up all the spring sports, I believe. Uh, Oh, tennis. We forgot about boys tennis. Uh, almost, almost let that one slip by. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> Mac, uh, you, you got uh, some great tennis up there, uh, and, and a defending champion that's that's uh, kind of off to a, I would say a slow start, except his team's so good that uh, it's kind of just a little situation normal. Yeah, uh, Shawnee Mission East, uh, they just had, uh, and I, I forget which ones ever host out, out at Seaback. I think this was the only the South invite uh, that they just uh, went out there and. Uh, you know, uh, you end up winning, but uh, it ends up being a pretty close. Blue Valley West uh, has just started to be right there, uh, just keeping up with the Lancers. Uh, East ends up scoring 70 in that one to take first, and Blue Valley West uh, finished with 67 uh, to, to take second place. And most of that, uh, you know, is that really uh, tough singles bracket that – uh, Graham Ferris, uh, ends up, uh, winning it. He takes first. Uh, if you remember last year, Ferris went undefeated in the regular season, was undefeated all the way up until, uh, the state, uh, semifinals, uh, when he ends up, uh, getting, uh, knocked off by, uh, Francisco Linderis of Blue Valley West, uh, 
so uh, that really, you know, uh, at that moment, uh, you're thinking maybe Linderes has got got the, uh, you know, uh, straight line to, to get that state title. But no, uh, Shawnee Mission East number two singles player uh, Gregor uh, Wiedemann ends up winning, knocks off uh, Linderes. And, uh, you know, as a sophomore going into his junior season, uh, it's like who's going to be number one for uh, Shawnee Mission East uh, tennis. And, and in the early going, Ferris has been uh, still in that, that, that number one spot and, and, and Wiedemann actually, uh, is having a, a tough little go ends up, uh, had two early losses, uh, against, uh, Blue Valley West loses to Linderis in the, the semifinals of, of, uh, this one. And then Ferris ends up, uh, getting a little bit of revenge against, uh, Linderis in the finals. And uh, that group, uh, it, it'll be very interesting along with, uh, Linderis's teammate, uh, Pujari, uh, just uh, so many tough competitors. Uh, you, you can also throw in, uh, a, a couple guys for, for Blue Valley North as well. Uh, it, they will be the, the top guys when we get to state, uh, for 6A. And it'll be interesting to, to see if, if, if Wiederman can, can shake off a few of these early losses and get himself back in there. But uh, what really is what kept uh, Shawnee Mission East above Blue Valley West in that tournament uh, is uh, that they get some strong performances in, in, in doubles. Uh, Anderson and April end up taking third in that one. Uh, and, and really, uh, you know, you look in, in recent years, uh, it's been uh, Blue Valley North that is uh, kind of dominated doubles and got themselves to stay in that kind of second place. But really, Blue Valley West now, uh, they have Salty and, uh, and Jankar end up getting the win. They win that doubles bracket. And when, when you add that in, uh, you know, Shawnee Mission East uh, took second with, with Hanson and, and Call. Uh, it'll really come down to whether that second Shawnee Mission East doubles team can stay with that top group and, and, and get those extra points because otherwise Blue Valley West has closed that gap. They have two singles guys to go up. I, I know it's hard to catch up with uh, a state champion who's your number two singles player uh, with Johnny Vichonese. Uh, that's pretty tough. The other guy, I don't know, undefeated in the regular season last year and is uh, off to that same type of start this year. That's hard to, to gain that ground. Uh, but Blue Valley West has started to do that in doubles, and it'll be really key for Johnny Vichonese. Can they get that second doubles team uh, to, to keep getting them those points? Because if they can't do that in the postseason, then we might have a tough one. We might see Blue Valley West right there to, to, to try to beat him. And uh, that that early on in the year is the, the biggest thing that stood out for me uh, for boys tennis is just Blue Valley West uh, just nipping at the Lancers' heels. All right. Well, that will should hit all the sports now. Uh, <laughs> apologies for almost missing out on tennis there. But there's so much going on in the spring, so many sports. Uh, it's, it's hard to keep track of of everybody all, all the time. So, uh, but we'll do our best here at Keisha covered, uh, getting them out, uh, features on athletes in all different sports, uh, photo galleries still coming from the, from the winter season. And, uh, we'll start having some spring galleries out as well. So, uh, check out KeishaCovered.com for all things, high school sports related and activities related. And we will catch you guys next time, two weeks down the road, where we'll be really deep into, the uh, spring season and have a lot of 
lot more action from what's transpired over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk a little bit about the happenings at the Wichita State Shocker Pre-State Invitational, the Rock Chalk uh, KU Relays, and and others. So uh, tune in next time to Keisha Covered Podcast. This is Brent Maycock for Mac Moore, Ricky Peterson, and Scott Pask saying thanks for listening. Thank you.